0: If you don't mind a tingling spine, or a lump in your throat, if you kind of get a thrill feeling the hair stand up on the back of your neck, or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket, and keep your feet tucked up safe. Because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. One, two, three. (laughs) Why do we, do you don't have to do that.
1: It's just fun. It is, but my
0: sleeves were like in the way, so I, know. It's, it was, I wasn't ready. Don't you just love clapping sometimes? No, no, I'm oh, okay. not a clapper. No, no. Did you ever have a clapper? Like, is that your throwback? No. No. No, I, you're not
1: psychic all of a sudden and just got a random <laughs> throwback. No, it's not my, no. No? No, no I didn't but have do you remember?
0: No, I do know what you're talking about, yeah. My mom had one in her bedroom. It never worked properly. Oh, yeah. seems like it wouldn't work properly. We always tried to clap and it would sometimes work and sometimes not. Um,
1: I have an adult hack. I'm, like, not good at hacks. I'm not, like, a normal person. Neither am I. Um, But we – Mike's aunt did this, so we do it. So Uh we take our – we have, like, a Christmas tree that, like, is supposed to turn on your Christmas tree lights, but we plug our lamps into it. Oh. And then put it on the bookshelf, like, so that we can, like, get the lamp all the way across the room with the – That's fun. Tree light. Yeah. An adult hack. It's exciting. So it's, like, the clapper, kind of. I cut
0: the boys' spaghetti up with scissors. Well, that's smart. Yeah. Why are you doing? Why did you speak because, slow with the action? Because I I did the action first, scissors. Oh, yeah. Nobody can see it. Um, we haven't seen each other for a while. I know. It's, it's been like, like we're giddy. I know because it's been like three weeks. <laughs> we're not even drinking. All well, the cookies helped, but yeah, because yeah, like because what happened? You were I had COVID. You were then you got sick, and then you had like days off, and I had like no like I didn't have time to do anything even with my days off. Was yeah. Like,
1: I didn't know the reason I could do this week was because of my days off, right? I don't. My know. assistant manager got COVID, and I ended up having to. I worked Easter oh. all the way through until last Thursday, so I was like on a stretch, and I just was like,
0: I cannot do my notes. You need I to make just it happen. Have time to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes shit happens. I get it. It's fine, but yeah, I missed you. Me I missed you too. I'm glad that you're here this evening. Uh, we can't quit the podcast ever because, yeah, we would never see each other. Yeah, well, we would. Yeah, we would make the time. Would you not?
1: Yeah. I Are w- you only
0: here because of the podcast? No, we would
1: make the time, but I don't like to make like empty, hollow pro- promises to people. Like we wouldn't see each other as much. As we I would see make each other. sure that we saw each other. Yeah, you probably because
0: I don't make hollow promises. I don't
1: make hollow promises, but like I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm going to see you as often. <laughs> I feel like you're breaking up with me on the podcast. I'm not. I just can't pull my shit together for, like, anything. I'm just too... I hate being busy. Like, I hate working... I drop my kids off in the morning, not that everyone needs to know this, but I drop my kids off at school and daycare. Then I go straight to work. I take like 15 minutes before my shift even starts to like decompress, which you taught me to do. And I yes. listened to Hamilton when I was doing it today, <gasps> also what you taught me Oh to my do. gosh,
0: I listened to Hamilton today too.
1: Really? See, oh. we're in sync all the time. Oh I, my goodness. I thought of you the whole time because you're the one who told me to listen really? to Hamilton at work.
0: Yeah. Isn't it a fun soundtrack? Like... Yeah. Yeah.
1: I am obsessed. I love it. Right. I always put it, but before I listened to it at work, I was always putting it on in my house and Mike was like, like how many times do you have to watch Hamilton? And I was like, I just, I, I'm not watching it in one consecutive thing. I'm just putting it on in the background.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just like putting the soundtrack on. Yeah. It's good. It's great. Yeah. More people should do it, I think. Um, oh yeah. And then I left it on
1: for like the morning and customers came in they were like, I love this. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Um, I really shouldn't do this. But yeah, so by the time I get home from work and stuff, I'm, it's like six thirty-seven. I literally make food, put my kids to bed, and go to sleep. And then now that things are open, I've have like four dentist appointments, and I have to go for my LASIK eye appointment. I haven't had my haircut in two years. Like it's just, I just had an allergist appointment. Oh my goodness! We take Spencer to sit kids on Monday, so it's just like like i just do not have a life so it's one thing after another with you i know so it's nice that we do this because we get together for a couple of hours every day it's not like when you get together with an old friend and you like can't leave and it's eight hours later and you're hammer drunk and you like literally have to spend the night because you're
0: if you want to spend the night you can if you want to have a no sleepover, i do shit to do i have to do stuff if you want to have a sleepover you can have a sleepover someday we, we should we're gonna have a sleepover in june Oh, yeah. Because we're going to the hotel. It's exciting. Girls need away way.
1: Whee! Whee! <laughs> Whee! <laughs> I wish they could see that. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay, anyway, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. And this is... It Happened to a Friend of a Friend. Bam. Okay, you are first. Okay.
0: I'm not going to so look. So, this
1: is one of those stories best heard late at night in an empty dark house when you are alone or told at a campfire.
0: It don't t- speak too quietly. It took
1: place about 110 <laughs> years ago in Iowa, Villisca, Iowa.
0: Ooh, I like the mood that you're setting. Yeah, you don't know the story yet. Not yet.
1: Okay. June 9th, 1912, was a nice summer day. I always start on a nice day, usually. You do.
0: I don't start. A on. lot of
1: crimes happen on nice days. so like, Really? Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Like literally all my stories. Being Sunday, the Moore family started the day with church services. Catherine Moore then invited her friends Lena and Ina Stillinger. Um, I found out that's the right way to say the name.
0: Ooh, look at you! I did that with mine too. I actually looked up how to pronounce the name. Wow, so we we always do this.
1: I know how weird. (laughs) Um, So Lena and Ina were going to spend the night. That night was also the Presbyterian Church Church's annual Children's Day program. Wee! What do they do? Crafts? They kind of coloring. pageanty stuff they hold like those they do little songs and stuff like that it's like a little do they use that hoop and And then they mingle after a hoop thing yeah sure kick the can yeah (laughs) um no it's inside so i think it's like it might be like a streamer stick instead of a hoop and stick okay um jacks. rope jacks sure i don't know they do a mingle after i've definitely lincoln logs i was not raised in a church (laughs) not lincoln (laughs) oh yeah that's a real game i was thinking of
0: poop (laughs) Well, they look like poops, don't they? The Lincoln Logs? I thought, like, when you take a poop, you call it a Lincoln Log. Oh, no, I don't call it that. Okay. (laughs) I'm wrong. I know exactly what you're talking
1: about because they have them at Bass Pro Shop. (laughs) Um, So it started at, the Children's Day program started at 8 p.m. And the Moors and friends attended. And then they walked home, arriving probably between 9.40 p.m. and 10 p.m. This was the last time the Moors were seen alive. Oh, Bum, bum, bum. On the morning of June 10th, at approximately 5 a.m., Mary Peckham, the Morris neighbor, began her chores in the yard. She thought it was odd that by around 7 a.m., the Moors had not, like, stirred or started their morning chores. The house was unusually still and quiet. Like, okay. nothing was going on. This was a family of six, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And, like, there was no movement at that time. So sometime before 8 a.m., she went over and knocked on the door. But all was quiet and she tried the door and it was locked, which is kind of like weird because they didn't really lock doors back
0: then. Well, obviously they did. Or at least this door was. Yes. Anyways. So she then placed a call to Ross Moore, who was- Wait. The... She placed a call? So like what would the call been like back in like 1912? Um, Like is that one of those things where you have to call the operator? Yes. Operator, please give me number yes. 1234. So
1: this is one of the things <laughs> they talk like The them. operators then, can they hear everything. So uh-huh. that's actually pertinent to two things in the story. So one is that oh. all the whole town ends up showing up. Uh huh, and the other is something that was
0: going on in <laughs> town. My dad said that they used to have something called a party line, where like I think people shared the same line, like houses all yeah. kind of shared the same line. Yeah, so you could pick up the phone and like hear yeah. conversations. Yeah, yeah. That's old kind of what days, right? yeah, that's olden days, right? Yeah, olden days,
1: crazy. Fucked. Um, now we just have the corporations listening to us in your doorbell, and my doorbell is listening. So the call would go something like, "Hi, Ross." This is Mary Peckham. You asked what the call was like. <laughs> Just looking over at your brother's house, and no one seems to be awake. No one. There's nothing going on over there. It's really weird. Oh, that is weird. Um. So Ross came over, and Ross. What a name. Just like <laughs> Ross and Josiah. By the way, were their names like? Okay. I don't. Know. The names of the day. They seem very different. The letter of the day. Um. So Ross came over and tried checking the windows, and it was also weird because all of the windows, like all the blinds, were closed. All the windows that had blinds were closed. It was a little bit odd. So he was trying to look in the windows, didn't get anything. He did have like an extra skeleton key, so he opened the door. And uh, when he entered, he so like there's like the entryway, and then there was a parlor, and then there was a room off the parlor. He looked into the room off the parlor and um, basically he saw, like, something was off and there were, like, the sheets on the bed. It looked like there were people underneath it and they were soaked with, like, bread. Yeah. So um, that's as far as he got, basically. And he returned to the porch and told Mary to go get the sheriff. Okay. And then he waited for the sheriff. Like, a person who discovers a murder should do. Right. So it starts off good. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm going to eat some cookies, but you continue. I will continue. So if you hear me
0: chewing, it's so a minute, cookie.
1: I'm just going to run through who the Moores were. So Josiah Moore was 43. He was a prominent businessman, and this is the patriarch of the family. What was his business? I don't remember. Okay. Um, Sarah, I was reading this whole thing. And I was like, this is too boring for this. So, yeah. Sarah that's um, my name. Montgomery Moore was 39, and she was very active in the church, and she was especially involved in Children's Day. So mm. all of our children had, like, little roles and things they did. Herman Moore was 11, Catherine Moore was 10, Boyd Moore was 7, and Paul Moore was 5. Then the friends Lena Stillinger and Ina Stillinger were in, um, were guests of the house. Lena Stillinger was 12, and Ina Stillinger was 8. Lena Stillinger was turning 12, actually. Okay. But I wrote this down before I saw that. Is it important? I don't know, maybe. Okay. Important enough to be mentioned. Okay. Um, so what happened? City Marshal Hank Horton arrived um, to the site of the Stillinger sisters. And he had to, he noted that he had to open the blinds because it was really, really dark in there, even though it was morning with all of the, literally all of the blinds, all the windows closed. So it was so dark, he had to open it up. He, the faces, so, okay, so they were also covered, like a sheet was pulled over them. So he removed the sheet and the faces were bludgeoned with what ended up being the blunt end of an axe. The axe itself was found in this room and was partially wiped, but there was still like a little bit of blood on it. Uh, He noted that the chimney was off and a kerosene lamp was left behind. He went up to Joe and Sarah's room. It was basically the same scene. The curtains were drawn um, and a lamp was left behind. Also from all of the rooms, the mirrors were covered. So okay. whoever did this went into the drawers and pulled out, the cl- like pieces of clothing and covered the mirror with clothing. And right. then covered the body, too, with clothing or sheets or whatever was around. The next room, they found all four of the children in their beds. Um, same thing, legend covered. And the mirror covered. So then um, the doctors Cooper, Hughes, and Williams arrived on the scene and kind of, like, did their forensics. But very quickly, the entire town arrived and basically... Mm-hmm. Completely ruined the crime scene.
0: So... Kind of like... What was the story I did at Christmas? The Lutz... Uh, Not Lutz family. No. The l- family. Yes. I, but you that know what family. I mean? Family. Yes. Yes. That was a kinda, creepy picture. Yes. That yes. was kind of like them where, like, everyone in the town came to the house and we're like, taking the raisins from the cake and stuff.
1: Yes. Exactly. And that happened with the Lizzie Borden case, too. Mm-hmm. People were in there. Um, Somebody did actually come and take pictures, but the brother was, like, so besought that he, like... Took the, took the camera and tore it apart and ruined the film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, there are no pictures. I mean, I guess that's kind of a good thing. Apparently, there's some story about someone who took a piece of skull. Oh. I don't know. Gross. Um, which happened in the Lizzie Borden case, too. Disgusting. Anyways, so, I am better than the average podcaster. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You're smarter than the average bear. Yeah. So, I went to the... So, I was, like, on all the regular websites... Murder PDI. I went to like the Vilisca Town website and everything, but I found an interview by this guy named Dr. Ed Eberly. Who in the nineteen fifties actually went and interviewed the people in the town? So he interviewed like the doctors and people who like were alive and remembered, and got better information. So a lot of the information that I have here is actually from this interview with um, Dr. Ed Epperly, and it was like on the CSI thing. I don't okay, know, like he was with another doctor, the right. CSI doctor, and so a lot of my information is an information that you're going to find everywhere, which is pretty. I'm pretty excited. Look at you! You're like proud. super sleuth. Yeah, yeah. So, um. One thing that was noted was that the kitchen table, there was at the kitchen table, there was an uneaten meal mm-hmm. and several cigarette butts. And um, there was a bowl of bloody water. They just assumed that he poured the water to clean himself off. Right. But it was obvious that he had spent time there. Gross. Because there was a lot of cigarette butts. Okay. So this is like kind of what Lee was talking about. Um, so the mirror is being covered with clothes or um, basically like cutting up the visual. So showing remorse. And then all were deep asleep during attacks. Nobody woke up. Everybody was like in a sleeping
0: position. I feel um, like I read this case and I was gonna do it, and then I changed my mind. Maybe there are in every single source I read, they're, they're like Lena
1: Stilling Stillinger um, might have woken up. Okay. But he's like, that's not really accurate because she was the one who was, like, 11 going on 12. Mm-hmm. She was a little bit of um, a bigger girl. Like, they, you could tell, like, she, like, had big stock in her family. And, um, like, not fat. Like, like she right. looked, she looked older than she was. And she had actually been, they think, pulled down the bed. Mm-hmm. So, because her arm wasn't, didn't have blood and stuff all on the outside of the arm. So, it looked like her arm was just up in the brain matter. So it wasn't like it didn't have defensive wounds on it or anything like that. So it looked like when you drag somebody in the arm flops sort of situation. Um, And then she, so she, so she likely was not awake and there was a drop of blood on her leg too, which they thought was like part of like the defensive sort of situation. Mm -hmm. But what they think is that she was actually um, maybe posed. Her undergarments were actually removed and her nightgown was, Flipped up. This and isn't the story. I just looked it up. Okay. It's not. No, it was a different one. So her um, nightgown was flipped up and then like she was like kind of turned in a weird way. But there was no sexual assault. So the doctors were like there's – they were not – nobody was sexually assaulted in this. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to something else. In a second. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> um. So they – so they. a lot of sources will say that Lena may have woken up, but that's not actually true at all mm-hmm. apparently. So – um. Blah, blah, blah. apparently the kids only had, again, it said like they, there were several blows to everybody, but he said that he read the coroner's report and everything. And the kids only had one to two blows with the dull end of the ax. Whereas Joseph had about 20 to 30 blows of his head. So okay. that could be like a personally motivated and Sarah, um, same had several too, but she was the only one who, and again, the information was wrong elsewhere who was maybe hit with the sharp edge of the axe. Everybody else was hit with the blunt edge of the axe. And it was, um, they believe it was from the splatter and the marks of the axe in the walls and the ceiling, uh, left-handed. Okay. So I'm just going to solve this. Just solve the mystery. The So they believe that the killer went to the bedside of the parents twice for okay. a couple of reasons. So there's like kind of this belief that um, he killed the Killed the parents, went and killed the other kids, and then went back and, and like, did all the extra blows. Mm-hmm. And the reason they believed that was at the bedside um, twice was because blood had pulled off of the bed into a shoe that was near the bed. And then the shoe was knocked over. Oh, okay. And it poured out. So it had to have been able to pour in there before being knocked over. And then it couldn't have been from anybody the next day because the blood would have started to get hard. Right. To congeal. This is disgusting. I find it. Fascinating. It's it's fascinating. I
0: want Dexter's job. It's fascinating, but also disgusting. I love Dexter. Yeah, like it is. It is very interesting. Yeah, like when I say things are fun. Oh, well, like it's fun. Like in an
1: interesting, yeah. like that. I that's don't want to s- like see it per se, but like the bodies are removed and I'm doing the the analysis and stuff like that. <laughs> I think that is super crazy and cool. Like I yeah. like that detective be part of it. So blah 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 blah. Okay, so weird thing. There was bacon from okay. the fridge, and half of the slab was still in the fridge, and half of the slab was not in the fridge. Mm-hmm. The other half of the slab had a cloth with, like, it was wrapped in a cloth or had a cloth with it, and was dropped on the floor of the two bedroom, or the the bedroom with the two girls in it in the basement, okay, where the axe was left. So they used to say, like, oh, they thought it was because maybe he was going to bring it with them, and because he was, a ho- like, homeless or something. Mm-hmm. But then... Dr. Epperly said that, like, they were talking in a discussion group and somebody had said, and it's very logical, that it was used for masturbation. Oh. Because nobody was, it's like, it's a highly sexual um, crime sometimes when it's violent. Right. And nobody was assaulted, but the one girl was displayed. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't have known to, like, check that for semen and stuff. That's true. And there was a cloth with it. Oh. And they think that maybe it was used interesting. To simulate lady parts. Ooh. That's yeah gross. Gross, right? That's gross. Yeah. But something people didn't think of, and I'm so glad I like watched this Mike came in when I was watching this interview and he's like, what the (laughs) fuck? And I was like, (laughs) You came in at a weird
0: spot. Yeah, husbands but. like to do that. Yeah, she and does then that like, sometimes What's she's wrong like, with "What are you? you watching?" Yeah, like you
1: have to see it from the beginning. Like, if I watch one of your stupid, if I watch ridiculousness when you're watching it and just walk in at a random part, it's gonna be equally awkward. Okay, Mm-hmm. okay.
0: So, some. What do you think so far? I am intrigued. Oh, Okay, because I, I mean, it's like 1912, right? So, not that people got murdered a lot in 1912, but people were just a little more. Apparently, they did. Apparently. <laughs> But they, they were just more carefree with leaving things open and... Yeah. I don't know. But carry on. I don't form opinions. Like, honestly. No, I know. I'm Is not it an, creepy, though? Like, I just... Can you imagine just, like, your
1: whole family being slaughtered while you're it's sleeping? It's very creepy. And, like, your safe house in your little town in Iowa? Like, that's it's so fucked. It's very creepy. Ugh. I think
0: of that now. I think of it now too. Like when I go to bed, it's like terrible. Um, That's like what we said on our little just discussion random talk one. I walk past the top of the stairs and I don't look down the stairs because I'm afraid of what I'm going to see down there. Oh, I get up. I fully get up and look around the whole house. Make sure no, nobody's in the house. I don't do that. Yeah. The other night. And I have two dogs. Like they're going to, my dogs are going to do something if somebody comes into the house. I have gonna a giant do dog. Anything. But the other night it was kind of windy outside over the weekend and Lucas had his window open and his door wasn't closed all the way. So it was making that like that sound against the the door frame mm-hmm. when it's not fully closed yeah so it woke me up and i had no idea what it was at that point and mm-hmm. i thought someone was like trying to break into the house and then oh, i realized it was his door so i just the cat was in his room so i couldn't close it all the way so i just put like a pillow would kevin like get up and protect you or would he just well he would just around, but he was sleeping no he would oh, if yeah. i asked him to get up and go check he would get up and check but oh yeah mike won't i eventually he figured out what it amazing. was and i fixed the problem yeah I'm like too paranoid to even like let my kids sleep with their window open, even though they have the locks on them. Oh, see, their windows are like second stories. So, I mean, unless I know. someone's dragging around a ladder, yeah, that wouldn't be very inconspicuous.
1: I don't know when you hear all these people that like break in and take kids, they cut the screen and get in through the window.
0: Listen, I don't want to think about that. Just yeah. carry on with your okay. story.
1: So I'm going to tell you who the suspects were. Go. Frank Jones was a businessman. He actually was apparently Sounds a boss. Sounds like a fake boss. name. Sounds I know. like a fake name. I know. Frank Jones. I know. We know somebody named Matt Jones. Barbara, Barbara Smith. Frank. Yeah.
0: Regina Falange.
1: <laughs> That's that, a real name. Um, <laughs> it's Phoebe's fake name. I know. <laughs> um, so he was a businessman and a rival as well as a senator. And they believe that he hired somebody to do it because he, like, detested. He wouldn't even if he, like, walked by Um, Joe Moore, he wouldn't even, like, look at him. Why? He was just... They were just rivals, and there's another reason. Okay. Um, His daughter-in-law, it was widely known that his daughter-in-law was having an affair with Joe. Mm. Because people were listening on the phones. Oh, my goodness. The phone. The party line. So, Joe would call and be like, is he there or whatever? And then he would go sleep with this lady. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, that also really pissed off Frank Jones. So, they... Found this guy, William Mansfield, who is from Illinois. Okay. And like somehow could be traced back to Frank Jones or whatever. Mm -hmm. His whole family had died also from ax, like being murdered with an ax randomly. Um, So they thought that Frank had hired this guy, but then his pay stubs showed that he was working. But then they were like, Frank just like paid these people off. Anyways, nothing happened. Okay. I mean, they went to court and everything. They brought this guy, but there was they couldn't. They could prove that he was working.
0: Yeah. He had an alibi?
1: Yeah. Was it airtight? No, because they said, like, oh, all well, Frank could have, like, paid them off to, like, doctor these, whatever. They were, like, smart, these people back then. Had a lot of theories. They were, like, on top of shit. mm mm-hmm. um, So, Reverend Lynn Kelly was a traveling preacher, and he happened to be in town. Oh, and convenient. he happened to be at that Children's Day thing. <gasps> and he left around shortly after 5 the next morning on a train ooh it gets better he okay, was a sexually sexual deviant and mentally unstable ooh he was also left-handed my goodness so he had a lot and he was um he had been caught as a peeping tom tom before as well he so apparently there was like a couple that was on his train that said he like a bunch of kids got murdered mm hmm but then they recanted it later on when it actually went to trial so they were like no we didn't say that right so i don't know if it was ended up being one of those things or i heard from this and, this and this and this but apparently the couple recanted it and in present um in while he was in jail waiting reverend lynn kelly confessed but he said he was coerced by the police and like police brutality like and- a false
0: confession yeah kind of thing
1: um, you can actually read the words from the confession, but I just left it out because, you know, time.
0: Right, yeah. Again, he... There's only so much of, t- of us talking that people want to hear.
1: Yeah, and uh, he just... Well, if I'm getting bored from the story, then other people are going to get bored from it. Right. Yeah, he got it. He ended up... Nothing ever happened from that either. He ended up being, like, acquitted and everybody mm-hmm. moved on. So it's still an unsolved mystery. Oh. But randomly, they think that it's possible that there was a serial killer too. Okay. Because, yes, like... The father and mother were bludgeoned more, mm-hmm. but um it like, so that indicates that it could have been personal, but they think that like him sitting there and like smoking and like uh, the, their profile or whatever they think is not that it's somebody that's like that close to the family. right? And then, so there's, they it could possibly be a serial killer. There was a couple who were bludgeoned with an ax five days earlier in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And there were several um, Midwest slayings. Um, It wasn't always an axe, but it was a weapon of convenience. So it was a weapon that was, like, nearby. Like, there was a pipe in one of them. And it was basically almost the same MO, though. I couldn't find information about the mirrors being covered, but it was basically, like, sinking in, doing that. And they were all close to railways, so Mm you could easily disappear the next day. And there were about 10 murders in the Midwest that were, like, the same sort of situation. Um, notably there was a family in colorado springs who were murdered hmm. that was with the pipe but much the same way similar similar mo yeah and that is
0: i don't like unsolved mysteries the axe murder i don't like unsolved dealies yeah it's uh it weirds me out there's another one that's similar to this and i always
1: confuse them it's like the henker kiker Hinter, kife Somewhere in, like, Germany, I think. Okay. Saying And it's a very <laughs> similar story where, you're like, the guy, like, hid in the barn and killed in the barn first. And then he moved on to the house. And it sounds, like, very similar, too. But, like, it's just fucking crazy. Like, these entire families just wiped out over one night. Crazy. It is crazy and scary. I'm just going to close these curtains because you're scared now.
0: Well, no, because I'm just it's, getting, it's getting dark and I don't want people to watch me. Okay.
1: Done. I like I I like when my I, I tell my neighbors all the time I'm like you can watch me all you want sometimes I bust a move thinking you're watching me
0: I don't like like I'm living in a fishbowl I like it I don't like it Okay are we ready Mm-hmm. Okay first sources my sources for this story What are you doing Eating a cookie so I'm covering a mic Oh I don't care Just tell the Just tell the listeners you're eating a cookie I'm just gonna cover the mic She's eating a cookie Okay. So I used ranker.com, allthatsinteresting.com, murderpedia, wikipedia, thesun.co.uk. Cool, cool. All right, here we go. Hansel and Gretel. You know the story, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two siblings who were led into the woods only to find themselves in the clutches of a witch who wanted to cook and eat them. There's also a candy house in there, but that didn't really serve a purpose for my chilling tale. But side note, if you saw a candy house in the middle of the woods, would you be tempted by it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah? You would want to go up and, like, take some pieces off? No, I'm more of a savory person. Oh, okay. Besides eating this giant co- this cookie in my mouth right now. I would probably go look for something sour. I like sour candies. Sour mm. Patch Kids. What? They have new grape Sour Patch Kids. I don't like grape, though. Oh, my gosh. It's like the, my one candy that I really like is grape. I eat, like, two bags of them. Oh. I mean, it's fine. They're purple, right? They're grape flavored. So they're purple, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't understand. Well, I don't understand why them being purple matters. Well, because... Because you like the color purple? Because I like I like purple. Oh, okay. And it would go with like the primary colors that are in the original flavors. It only comes with just the package of grape. That, that'd be fine because I would just mix it in with like... You just like pour and dump it in yours? Yeah. It's and I like would this. shake it up and mix I love it. 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 Maybe I'll get some. Anyway. Or would you just think that the house was weird and run the other way? I would definitely fucking run the other way. I'd like to pretend I would stop that I'm cool, but I'm not. Okay. I would probably be intrigued and try to grab a treat or two, um, and I would totally be eaten by the witch. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. I would be. Anyway, usually when people hear the story, they do not look to the witch as a hero and someone to emulate. I mean, kids are sometimes the worst, but I don't wish them harm. There is an exception to every rule, and in this case, the exception is a man named Issei. I wrote it out phonetically, so I hopefully said it correctly. Okay. Yeah, his last name is Sagawa. Did you Google what? it? You just said you Googled the name to I Googled it. the name, I yes, but I don't know for sure Okay. if Google's just telling me that's how you say it or if that is how you say it. The last name is Sagawa, S-A-G-A-W-A. I okay. didn't Google how to say that, so I'm just guessing. Anyway, as a young boy, he loved the story and felt a connection to the witch with his desire to taste the flesh of his classmates. Dun-dun. What? Okay. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Sarah, this story doesn't seem like your typical vintage crime story. Well, yes, but since we kind of skipped an episode, sorry (laughs) listeners, we were both kind of busy and didn't want to do it. I thought I'd do something a little different and give our audience a little more cringe. I swim. am
1: shocked right now.
0: Why? Because it's not my typical vintage not, yeah, crime? not your damn Okay. So here we go. The story of, what did I say? Issei? See, I, I already forget how to say his name. Issei. I'm going to talk to So Issei was born on April 26th, 1949 in Kobe, Hyogo, Prefecture, Japan. Happy birthday three days, three days ago? Yes, creepy <laughs> cannibal guy. <laughs> His father was a successful businessman who served as president of Curita Water Industries. Issei was... Man, I can never read my writing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was premature and was apparently small enough he could fit in the palm of his father's hand. He struggled... He sounds really
1: cute and precious.
0: Well, right now, yes. Okay. He struggled with various various health issues.
1: And he would have been Japanese. Oh, he would have been super cute and tiny. Okay. Okay.
0: For, like a up
1: for like, for like, like puppy.
0: <laughs> for now, he's cute. Okay, Um He struggled with various Wait, health... Wait, he was what? in Kobe? Yes, why? Like where the really good beef is from, too. I'm really jiving on this guy, Story. Why would oh you like kids God. when you have Kobe beef? Okay, just... Can I just... Wait, can, can I, I just... I'm not allowed
1: to have sugar, Sarah, after... Oh, my goodness. You would sugar me
0: with wine? We're just a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Anyway, he struggled with various health issues... When he was young, and this along with the fact that he was a bit of an introvert, he developed a love of literature. Not that people who are introverted and like to read are bad, I'm pretty normal myself, but this is his story and he's a monster. Okay. okay. Yes. His, Because I'm also introverted and enjoy literature, but I'm not a cannibal. I don't feel like you're that introverted. Um, kind of. With people I don't know. I would rather stay home and do nothing.
1: See, people always say the same thing about me. They're like, you're a total extrovert. I'm like, actually, I'm really the opposite. I'm like, I just do it because I'm so awkward. I just don't, I
0: can't shut up. I'm like an introverted extrovert or whatever it's called. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Okay, cool, cool. His cannibalistic urges were said to start when he was in grade one. He was probably six. Six years old. Six. And, yeah, and he wanted to taste the flesh of his classmates. In a 2011 interview, he also revealed that he partook in bestiality with his dog. <gasps> yeah. So there's that, too. He's not so cute. No, he's not so cute anymore, is he? Mm-mm. At the age of 24, he followed a tall German woman home and broke in when she fell asleep. He intended to cut a piece of her flesh and sneak away with the small piece, but she woke up. She pushed, she pushed him to the ground and called the police. When he was caught, he said his, his intent was to sexually assault the woman, thinking this would be the lesser of the evils. <laughs> Issei's father paid the woman to drop the charges, and he was set free. After completing a master's degree in English literature at Quin, Sai, Quin University, <coughs> I am sorry, I don't know how to say these words, and I probably wrote it really messy, and I just can't read my writing. Anyway, it was a university okay. in in Japan. He was accepted to the prestigious Sorbonne University in Paris. Oh, that one you did fine. Well, I don't even, I might have not even said that right. I don't know. It's, it's in Paris, so it might have had some more flair to it. While here, he was said he would often bring home sex workers and try to shoot them, but he never could. His fingers would freeze up. Eventually, (laughs) he became friends with a Dutch student named Renee Hartwelt. She would visit his... I know who this is. You know this now? Yeah, Yeah. keep going. Okay. She would visit his apartment regularly and give him German lessons. Soon, Issei's desir- desires became too much for him to ignore, and he decided to kill and eat the five foot eleven student. It should be known, Issei is only five foot nine, so he's not super tall. He just couldn't get past that t- other tall German lady. That so she was like this person was teaching him German, and he was like, I could like a trigger. I guess I think he just wanted to eat somebody. He just wanted to eat the flesh or something. I think he liked, like, tall, white women kind of thing. I think he had a thing. Anyway, on the evening of June 11th, 1981, Renee went to Isu's... That is how you say it, right? Is that what I wrote? Isay. Oh, I... I, Why don't you always write it phonetically don't. I don't know. I should. You should try that. I should either not try or try harder. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly that. So Isay's apartment for dinner. Um, no big deal, she figured, but it would be, but it would end up being a big deal. As she sat reading- Yeah, for his dinner. Yeah. As she sat reading poetry, he crept up behind her and shot her in the neck. He said that at first he felt remorse and almost called the police, but then remembered this has been his dream for the last 32 years. Oh my God. He was like obsessed with trying to eat somebody. Like he had this-
1: What the fuck?
0: Yeah. He shook the thought of calling the police out of his mind and partook in something much more gruesome. Over the next few days, Issei not only ate Renée's flesh, raw and cooked, he also raped her dead body. Yeah, I know, monster. If only you could see the look on my face of yeah, disgust. It's disgust. After 2 days of feasting on her breasts, calves, lips, and thighs, Ew. he decided it was time to dispose of the remains. You may be wondering, how did he get rid of such a thing? I wasn't. <laughs> well, he decided the best course of action was to purchase two large suitcases and place body parts in each one. Gross. He then called a cab, and apparently the cab driver joked that the bags must have dead bodies in them as he helped load them in the car. The, t- the car took Issei to Bois de Bolong Park, and he simply just placed them at a random spot in the park. The suitcases were found by two joggers when they noticed blood dripping from one of the bags. I always wondered about that. Okay, now I know. Okay. Police were called and the bags were eventually traced back to Issei. Um, There are also accounts saying he was seen dumping the remains in a nearby lake, Um, but other accounts said that they just found the suitcases. Okay. Police searched the apartment and found remnants of a meal that consisted of human flesh as well as an ID card that belonged to Renee. During questioning, he admitted to police that he killed her to eat her flesh. Issei was held in a French jail for two years without a trial. He was eventually found legally insane and unfit to stand trial. He was ordered to be held indefinitely in a mental institution. As his notoriety notoriety grew, the French authorities decided to deport him back to Japan just because he was getting too famous, too popular. They wanted him just Yeah, go. they didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. Yeah. He was committed to Matsuzawa Hospital in Tokyo. He was examined by psychologists and they declared him sane. They said his motivation for the murder was due to sexual perversion. The problem, however, is the charges against him in France were dropped and the court documents were sealed and not released to Japanese authorities. Because of this, he could not be detained in Japan and he checked himself out of the hospital on August 12, 1986. And he has remained free since then. His freedom, obviously, is widely criticized. Uh, obviously. Yes. Today, he lives freely in Japan and walks the streets like any other person. He said he blames the media's representation of Western women for creating his cannibalistic fantasies. Okay. Yes. Where people typically dream of taking these women to bed, he dreams of eating them. He says that to him, eating someone is an extension of wanting to be near women woman or to smell them. He is apparently a minor celebrity in Japan and is often invited to be a guest speaker and commentator. I don't know what he speaks about, but I also read that he has written restaurant reviews for the Japanese oh. magazine Spa. Ew! So to that I ask, would you take his reviews seriously? <laughs> no. Um, he's well, also... he does
1: have a more, a more extensive palate than most people do. I guess so. He's tried something guess that so. most people
0: have not. Um, he's also appeared on cooking shows, and oh, God, that's when so he's on the shows... distasteful! Uh, oh, distasteful. And I guess when he's on the shows, he just eats raw meat like it's nothing. Um, he's written various books, I mean, news articles. The Japanese are known for delicious raw meat. So yes. Fair. Um, news articles, he's illustrated manga, so like those comic, the yeah. graphic novels. And he's edited a cannibal anthology. So basically, what? yeah. So basically, killing and eating someone has not hurt him. It's apparently worked in his benefit. But I am in no way saying you should do the same thing to get famous.
1: Um, Yeah, usually you're not, that's not going to be your outcome.
0: No. His his family has not enjoyed the same um, fulfillment of his crime. His younger brother developed asthma due to stress. His father resigned from his, like, lucrative job that he had. Mm -hmm. And his mother attempted suicide. He say himself has the has also has the diabetes like me, and he has suffered two heart attacks. Like heaven take him or hell take him or something. I know it's what the hell. So he's known as the Kobe cannibal.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Maybe if
1: he grew up where there was wagyu instead of the Kobe beef, which is also the other really delicious beef
0: in. So yeah, that's my that's my kind of strain from my usual vintagey crime.
1: I've never. I don't know the whole story, but, like, I've seen, it's one of those things, like, I've seen him, I've seen him in, like, in an interview before, but, like, never, like,
0: dove well, that's, into it. that's, the story. Ew. I know. It's gross. I just think it's crazy that he's free because of, like, a loophole. Yeah. Because the French government or authorities, they sealed yeah, the documents. That's messed
1: up. I feel like somebody should be able to override that. Like, Donald Trump just does uh, whatever he thought was doing. I like, know. <laughs> just wave your head. Couldn't their, like, government <laughs> just be like, okay, no, this is serious shit. Yeah. Ugh. Crazy, right? It is crazy. Crazy. There's loopholes like that all over. Like there's kid killers and stuff that are out because they were juveniles when they were.
0: Oh yeah, you know for sure. That so, greyhound well,
1: bus guy's out.
0: Oh in his I life. Oh, I yawned. I'm sorry. So what's okay. your what's your throwback? What's don't. your throwback? Throwback.
1: Yeah, that's not gonna catch on.
0: Okay, what should we yeah. do for our
1: song? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, have to, I at least have had a drink. Well, I had no
0: there. fun facts. I didn't have started like i didn't have any other little fun things Oh, it's great it's great good
1: stuff you could have like fun fact kobe is where the best beef in the world comes from you could something like that you know fun facts are fun bing there you go (laughs) (laughs) my throwback is dunkaroos i love dunkaroos they still sell them i know but it's not like a thing like it was when we were kids like everybody had dunkaroos in their lunch when we were kids not that i i didn't get to stay for lunch because my parents across the street from school
0: i didn't get to stay for lunch either because we lived around the corner (laughs) And my mom... Look at... See? We're, We're the, same. Are the same. We're the same.
1: I just feel like it's not, like, a th- as big a thing. Like, a kid... Like, bear paws. Like, every kid has a fucking bear paw. Because they're peanut-free. But friends. you... Then you go to, like, parties where... And I actually really wanted this for my birthday. I never did it because I've been on a crazy-ass diet. That's why I ate six cookies. But um they... Where they like make the adult Dunkaroos and it's literally just frosting with sprinkles in it. <gasps> my friend and made then that you, like,
0: for my 40th birthday. Yes.
1: See? It was delicious. I know. It's because we had Dunkaroos when we were kids. So we get it. So we do this like stupid thing at
0: parties, which is delicious and really bad for you. Because my party was Paul Rudd unicorn themed. Yes, I know. So my friend made unicorn dip and it was just a big thing of Dunkaroo dip. Yeah, that's delicious. I know. Loved it. I know. I love when I go to a party and that shit's there. It's like my favorite thing. But I just can't
1: justify like
0: making myself a giant bowl and doing it. And um, yeah, Dunkaroos. Underrated by today's youth. I love it. I don't think you can get them in the States because sometimes I read like lists of things that you can't get anymore and they're always American and it always says Dunkaroos and I'm like I'm pretty sure you can get them here really did you know in America you can't get kinder eggs with toys in it yes because it's a choking
1: hazard <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything what's about up? Americans. what's up
0: with you guys America I gonna
1: say, America. I was going to say like that doesn't play in very well to their like <laughs> reputation
0: sometimes <laughs> <laughs> just don't eat the toy why are you eating the toys yeah you're ruining it for everybody yeah except Canadians because we still have them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my throwback is baby tees. Like a like, t shirt? Yeah. Like like yeah. the little like not crop tops, because yeah. crop tops are different but like baby tees. Yeah. That's my throwback. Yeah, I hope those never come back. Why not? They're basically they're kind of like a crop top really. Yeah, they're like it's like tiny the, shirts. It's like they're like tiny it's shirts. It's like the thing before a crop top was a thing.
1: Yeah. They're kind of like it's like that, but it's not because it's not even a crop top either that's in the style. It's like a baggy baby tee. Yeah. That's what's in style right now.
0: I had baby tees. Did you? Yeah. Um, I have giant boobs, so I couldn't wear them. See, I had no boobs, but I had a bigger belly, so it didn't – I thought it looked okay. Okay. But my mom would always tell me, Sarah, I don't think you should wear that. No. (laughs) I don't know. I thought I looked adorable. Maybe you did. Who knows? I don't know. I think I tried to be cooler than I was. I think I tried to wear things that I thought were cool. But I I mean really I, I probably shouldn't I definitely
1: have. had friends with them and like from time to time I tried to put on like shirts, but my I had boobs when I turned like 11. I just was like I have zero a seat boobs. And nobody it couldn't I couldn't do that. I couldn't pull that off.
0: There's a lot of padding that happens around here. Yeah. to make it look like I have something.
1: There's a lot of um compression that happens here to make mm. it look like I don't have as much as I have.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have the opposite problem. Let's
0: just, how about I'll take some of yours? Oh, I've always, oh, I touched my bank.
1: I need to, um,
0: I want to like suck it out of my boobs and put it in my butt. Mm. But I don't have money to do that. <laughs> no, I don't have money to a lot of things. Well, we're not superstitious. But we're a little stitious. Bye. Bye. Bye.